When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Hey, uh, this is Greg Renoff, author of Van Halen Rising, and you're listening to The Hope Rocks with Jay Scott. In the end, it won't matter at all. I'm sure I won't survive the fall. Monday. Hope your day's going well. What a great weekend. You know, I love these late September, early October weekends where it's really nice and comfortable during the day. It's about 75, late, you know, high 60s, maybe low 80s. And then at night, it kind of drops to about 50 and there's a little bit of briskness. I just love that time of year. Watched a lot of football this weekend, Notre Dame. Looked really good, although we don't know how bad Wisconsin is. And Ohio State won their game. Still got to figure out how good they are. They haven't really played anybody, and then they played Oregon. They didn't look so hot either. So uh, hockey is close to starting. We got the Hook Rocks Fantasy Hockey League. I think we got all spots filled. I got to respond to an email here that I got yesterday for the final spot. 
So excited about that. Postseason baseball is about a week and a half away. So that's all good. So my favorite sports month is definitely in full swing. I am Jay Scott. In case you were wondering, this is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Talking a little bit of sports there, getting sidetracked a little bit. But hey, what are you going to do? We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Great community, great family to be a part of. A bunch of great music-related podcasts. Check them out on PantheonPodcast.com. Follow them on Twitter at Pantheon Pods. And find them on Facebook at Pantheon Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter. You can like us also on Facebook. Follow us wherever you podcast. And you'll get the latest and greatest Hook Rocks podcast episodes. A lot of great things lined up for October that we are excited about. Keeping our fingers crossed. But the plan is there. At least I know for the first couple weeks, we've got some really good shows to have you listened to? So I hope you take us up on it. I hope you do listen. Set your Android, iPhone, whatever device you use to listen to the podcast to automatic download so you get the brand new, all brand new Hook Rocks podcast right to your phone so you can listen to it on your commute to and from work, whether you take the train or you're, whether you're driving in, or if you're working from home, you can listen in the background. If you're a kid, you can listen to it while you're in English and science and math. Tell the teacher you just uh, got some background noise going for some music, and they'll they'll let it swing by, I guarantee it. But hope you do listen. Thank you again for all the great feedback in the month of September. We had some great episodes that we did. September was an extraordinary month, so thank you to everyone who does listen and I appreciate all the feedback. Some, I got a really good uh, feedback from a loyal listener, one of my longtime listeners, Jeff Taylor, who's on Twitter. And he had a chance to listen to the streaming service episode with Rob at Skylab Tapes. And we discussed the sound quality of streaming services. And uh, just he was raving about it. And a lot of people have raved about that episode Rob is a great guest. He is spectacular in, in his presentation and glad to have him on the on board. We're going to be doing quarterly episodes with Rob that are focused on sound and audio and the importance. And if you are an audio junkie or a sound junkie, or maybe I should say an audio geek, you will want to tune in because as we spoke in the first episode we did about how to build a sound system in today's world and what you need to be looking for and what you need and what's the most important aspect of it. We also did the latest episode, sound quality in streaming services. In the next, which will probably air around Christmas between Thanksgiving and Christmas, will be about earplugs for shows. And the quality and how you don't want to you know lose the experience of a live show so look for that coming in the next couple months but like i said rob is great i'm glad everybody enjoyed the episode because he is uh he is spectacular in how he does present things so also some big news for the show we are going to have our 100th new music spotlight coming up with the band the warning i am Really, really excited about this show. And I'm also excited to kind of 
reflect on what we've been doing here for the last two plus years in introducing you to bands, having them talk about their journey, having them talk about themselves so you can be informed about them and learn about them and check out their music. Because that was really the goal of starting this podcast, the main focus. We've done almost 40% of our shows are focused on new music, whether it's new music spotlights, whether it's talking about the importance of new music, whether it's spotlighting albums that we do every quarter. We do talk a lot about new music because it's important to rock. It's important for the health of rock music to continue on this great genre of music that has impacted every one of my listeners. Um, Rock music has helped us in our journey. It has been a part of our lives. It has has helped us with our memories. And I just want to give back to it. And part of giving back is to spotlight bands that are emerging, bands that have been around that maybe a lot of people don't talk about or a lot of people don't know because there really isn't any more rock radio in certain markets there are, but it's mostly classic rock that plays the same 50 songs over and over again. So when we can introduce you to a band and have that band talk about themselves, it is a win-win for you, the listener, and for the band. And I'm happy to be a part of it. I'm happy to facilitate these episodes and be the one asking the questions. And hopefully you continue to listen. And hopefully you check out these bands and their music. Go see them live buy their merchandise, but, you know, when I was putting together the the tweets on my Twitter page yesterday and I was just listing the bands that have been a part of the new music spotlight, whether it's Abby Kay or Chris Tapp from The Cold Stairs, who've been the only two three-time guests, and, you know, bands like Dirty Honey and Joyous Wolf and South of Eden and Dead Deads and Takeaway Thieves and Massive Wagons, and you name it, we've, we've pretty much had all the big bands that, I've wanted to have big new bands, I should say. There's still a handful out there that I really want to get on the show. Um, maybe they'll happen someday. Maybe it won't. But it still doesn't. It still doesn't affect or impact what the show means to a lot of people and a lot of the new artists that are out there. And we look forward to the next 100. And thank you again for listening. Thank you for the bands and the artists that have appeared on the show. And look forward to having them on again, talking about their latest and greatest releases. But uh, here we are at 100. I'm really excited about today's guest on the New Music Spotlight. They are a band that has been evolving for what feels like forever, but they really haven't. They've, they're, they're sisters. It's Daniela, it's Paulina, and it's Alejandra, better known as The Warning, I'd like to welcome them in to the Hook Rocks, the new music spotlight. How are you guys? Hi! Great to be here. Thank you for inviting us. Absolutely. I am excited about this. I've been looking forward to this ever since the new music started to come out with Choke and Evolve. And of course, you just dropped a new song last night, as well as the cover for Enter Sandman, which is absolutely phenomenal. So glad to have you here. Oh, we're very excited and also to be sharing this new music. It's been a while since we've released new music. We recorded uh, a new album last year in 2020. We went to New Jersey with David Bendis. 
for three months and we worked on this material. So it's so exciting to be finally releasing it. We first released Chokes, that was our first single, then Evolve, and now Martirio. And we're just so excited about how everything is going. We're going to get into all that. But first, we always ask the same question every time we have a first-time guest on the show. And that's really what this podcast is about. Just like every great rock song has a hook that sucks you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked you on rock and roll. What was it for you? This is going to sound pretty funny, but the video game Rock Band, that was the thing that really got us into music and into rock and roll. And it's what inspired us to play what the instruments that we play today. When you think back at that time and you're learning, you know, rock music from Rock Band and a lot of kids your generation did that. um, Where did it evolve to? Where did it go to from there? Oh, well, that's where we kind of got the inspiration to pick the instruments that we play right now. So we got directly into playing music. I mean, apart from the video game, we saw like concerts as a lot of uh, family time. time. So we we grew up watching ACDC, Pink Floyd, Queen all the time. Um, And it just we had a very musical environment in our house. So I, I feel like it just definitely translated into when we started playing together as a band and we were just starting out, those were the songs that we immediately wanted to play. Those were the bands we wanted to cover and try to like do what they were doing. And it's really what launched our career as musicians. We did a Nentor Salmon cover, which went viral on YouTube. And here we are now. Yeah. I remember that. I do remember watching that. For some reason, my algorithm on YouTube put that song in like the dock that like is up next. And I started watching you guys play and I was just absolutely amazed. Oh, oh thank you. That's cool to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine like that was seven years That's ago? Insane. That's crazy. Seven years it's ago. crazy to look back at it. Well, it's, it's interesting because you guys are very young still, and you're still evolving with your mu- music tastes as as far as from the beginning, when you started listening to rock with Rock Band, the video game, and then listening to bands like ACDC and Pink Floyd, where have you guys evolved musically in terms of your own personal tastes? Oh, well, oh. our taste is kind of like all over the place. But yeah. with rock music specifically, I feel like we all went through like our middle school emo phase. Yeah. Like a lot of my chemical romance, Pierce the Veil, Panic oh, at the Disco. Boy. Yeah, like just a, a really weird mix of that and classical music and like classic anime openings and k-pop it's just a really weird mix of everything but i feel like at the end of the day our roots are really like muse and acdc pink floyd all those that really inspired us to start what we're doing still remain like there well there's a lot of different elements in your music from what i found you know there's you mentioned classical you mentioned all the influence that you have how do you mesh that all together when you're writing music? You know, it's because I think uh, everything that we listen kind of like inspires us in our own music, but we don't do it like deliberately. It's almost like unconsciously that sometimes like it's just like, hey, let's add a lot of harmonies or let's, uh, or Powell writes a very melodic, uh, catchy vocal line that then we uh, 
implement with the rock sound yeah. that we have. And so I feel like just, just by listening to new music constantly, you open new doors and ways to experiment that you never really thought of before. Like when we're writing, like Danny said, like sometimes it's like, oh, you know what? Let's do like a lot of harmonies like they do like in K-pop or let's have this really crazy riff like they do in J-Rock or something of the sort. But most of the time, it's just really like unconsciously and it just comes in like with yeah, the, depending well, on what the song needs, I guess. Is it important for you guys to evolve as artists too? I mean, I, obviously it's important. I should probably rephrase that. Is it important for you to push yourselves with different influences? You know, more than important, I think for us, it's exciting. We actively look for that because it's kind of like uh, we get to explore new areas that we hadn't before and see how we can make them work. And you know what? Like thinking about it, it's also a big like generational thing. Right. We're always <laughs> constantly looking for something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I feel like it's a way. Like I, I think it's very, like definitely very important to us. Yeah. To constantly like try new things out because it keeps things interesting. Yeah. I I look at rock music as like a big orange and you start peeling back the orange. You start peeling back, you know, to who influenced this person, who influenced that person. And you can go down a rabbit hole of just, you know, who influenced Zeppelin, all the blues guys, you know, where did, you know, Queen come from? What were their influences from? You know, and it's like you can just find different things to listen to and go down different paths and and be influenced by it. And you know, knowing that you guys are still evolving musically, still evolving with your influences, it's really interesting to see where you guys have come from to currently and where you guys are going to go. Because, you know, I remember being your age too as well and, and listening to a certain genre of music and then evolving over time. And now my my whole taste is a big mixed bag of different types of rock music <laughs> and different types of music. Yeah, I can't relate. Yeah, definitely. definitely. And I feel like right now especially – because everything is at our fingertips. Like, we can listen to so many different types of music at, like, such an ex- in, a, in a very accessible way mm-hmm. that it's just really easy to constantly look for something new. When you guys are writing music, where do you find your inspiration? Is it personal stuff, things you've experienced? Is it observation, what you've seen other people go through? Are you trying to tell a story? Where do you find your 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 motivation for lyrics? Where do you find your inspiration? Ooh, you know, a little bit of everything. Yeah. Yeah. As, as well as our music taste and how we tackle music, I think the way we get inspiration has also evolved because we started out making lots of stories. Oh, yeah, um, definitely. Uh, we read a lot of books. Yeah. So <laughs> definitely at first it was creating stories and scenarios and characters and getting into those characters and writing through them. But I feel now, especially with this third album that we just recorded, it's a bit more personal, maybe more of a personal like feeling or experience of something that we would like to live through or how we think about a certain situation. Yeah. Like in an observation kind of way. Yeah. yeah. So I just feel like it has grown and I feel like it will continue growing as we keep growing as people because we started out when we were pretty young but as we started growing up and we start living more experiences as people and as a band I feel like that really translates into our music as well when you're writing a story or, or writing from you know something that you may have read in a book versus a personal experience what are the differences for you when you try to tap into an emotion from an experience that you went through? Ooh, 
like when it happens to me, I find it a bit easier to write it through a character's perspective because it's not like, like I'm not emotionally bearing myself to oh, like, but, yeah. yeah, exactly. Like with this process throughout the whole third album, it was a bit scary sometimes. Like, God, a lot of people may hear this and it's like my experience and they're my feelings. But I feel it's also like very, um, oh, how do you say this in English? They're a therapeutic. Is that therapeutic, you yeah. Yeah, to like just really have a medium in which to really express yourself and be heard. And it just felt really comforting in some way. So it is a very different experience, but both are pretty cool. It is a different experience because, you know, when I talk to a lot of artists about songwriting and they have to tap into an emotion that they felt, whether it's a positive emotion, negative anger, sadness, happiness, there is a certain sense of vulnerability when you have to kind of dive back into an experience and, you know, to tap into that and to write about it. Yes, it can be therapeutic, but also you're kind of burying your soul a little bit for your audience. Definitely, definitely. And and they they may interpret it completely different. Is it is it something that you want them to interpret on their own, or do you want them to feel the emotion what you're writing about? I feel like as long as like a general sense of the emotion is being put out in the song, it's fine for people to interpret it in the way that yeah. they and want. And it's nice that people you know listen to our music and find the comfort they need in that song and find their own meaning to our songs. I feel yeah, like yeah. to apply them to their own yeah. situations or life and to like offer comfort through your music in that way. It's like such a nice feeling, but I, I feel like it really depends on like which yeah. song. It, it, it has happened to us. Like, Oh my God, people just like write what they thought about the song, what it represents for them. It was like, okay, we were like on a whole different track, but it works, you know? Yeah. Like as, when we put the song out, it's not, it's not, it's not ours our anymore. song anymore. Yeah. It's everybody's song. So we're really open for that. It's really nice to hear what people think about it and like how they relate to it in their own way. It, that is a very interesting thing when you're writing music, right? It's a very, you know, there's a vulnerability about writing what you want to write about and then giving it to your audience, letting them yes. interpret what you're feeling or what you're writing about. And that emotion that you had or what you went through to write it, it's no longer yours anymore. It's like you pass it over to them. It's, it can be a yeah. gift. It can be a gift for some, but it can also be difficult to know that, hey, you know what? I'm expressing myself through something I experienced, but now it's the audience's turn to find their meaning for it. Is that a difficult thing for you guys? I mean, I don't think we've had that process up until now, like yeah. that experience. I will, it's been very like general writing. It hasn't been yeah. a lot of like personal experiences, but I will say this though. It is difficult in the sense that even though we're creating the song to express these feelings, no one is ever going to really like know what we went through while writing it or while creating every single detail about it. So it's kind of like, uh, putting it out there and it being appreciated and being like a, a whole other world for another person. Yeah, it's and it's kind of like, it's so familiar to us with what mm-hmm, we went through mm-hmm. making it that it's, 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 it's sometimes like letting like, go. Yeah. You know? Like you weird. created this piece of art that is so personal to you mm-hmm. and then you just let it go and let it be free. It's a weird yeah. and no process. one will know what it was ever in your mind. But I feel like it also makes it really special for yourself. 
that yeah. no one will really ever truly know like, like everything that went yeah. through it but I feel like we get to share it between the three of ourselves yeah. like throughout the whole process we can tell how special it is like to everyone so it's, it's really nice that we still get to let it go and live its own life on its own it's almost like you're able to keep a piece of it with you even though you've given it to your yeah. audience exactly the new EP is Mayday. It's out October 8th. What's it yeah. like? What was it like recording this? I saw some of the footage, the behind the scenes stuff. And you, you guys really push yourselves to, you know, to really kind of go after it and explore, you know, different ways to make music, different ways to record, and really, really, you know, stuck with it. I mean, the music is great, the, the songs are phenomenal, but what was this experience like making this EP? You know, it was it was great. I won't lie, we did have tough times because there's like uh, it was an album. Time. It's recording an album. It's a it's a job. But overall, I can only remember like happy moments. Yeah, I can only know? only remember most of the good things. Yeah, um, and that and I I think you can hear that in the music. Like we had a great time. We made a great team with our producer David Bendis and everyone involved. Uh, our whole family was there. We traveled with our whole family. I mean, we're from Mexico, right? And we live. In Mexico, we went three months to New Jersey. That had been our longest time away from home, and it, it was it was pretty different. Yeah, but it no was tacos. Fun. Yeah, there, there was there was no like of our food there, but and also the language barrier sometimes was a thing. Yeah, but creatively, honestly, like it was such a good experience. David was such a good person to work with. He was such a good producer and person, and just in general, it made. I feel like we grew so much throughout the whole experience as yeah. people, as musicians, and it definitely translates into the music. And I feel like you can, if you listen to your past records yeah. and then you hear this, these new songs, I feel like you can hear that jump. Yeah. And we are on a whole other level of strictness within ourselves yeah. Like, oh, yeah. from what we expect from ourselves for future recordings. Definitely. <laughs> After working with you, yes, definitely. <laughs> Well, you guys keep raising the bar, right? I mean, you you talk about that and you see that in the behind the scenes. And it's it's like even though there's always tension when you're creating, you know, because the producer wants something out of you and you're trying to find that, you have yeah. to you have to know that what you're making is raising your level of musicianship, raising the bar for the band and creating something that was not there before. So that has to be a great feeling as you're going through it. Oh, definitely. It is very yeah. satisfying. And once you get it, it's because it's the concept of your brain knowing what it has to do and not doing it. It's like so frustrating. At first, it's really frustrating. Like the first days, at least for me while recording bass, they were a bit frustrating because I knew what was wrong and what I had to fix but I couldn't do it. But once you get the hang of it, it's really yeah. satisfying once you can actually like, get through doing it. So, and it's yeah. crazy. Like how, when you're working with other people, cause we all like, we're also pretty used to just working the three of us. Mm -hmm. So now working with David, someone we, who we have never worked before was a very new experience for us. But there was, there were these moments where you really just can't explain it with actual words, but there's a moment when you're working on a song and everything just clicks. <laughs> Oh, like yeah. it just it just and everyone and everyone looks at each other, other like, and they're like oh that just happened you felt that like yeah 
So that's when you definitely know you're on the right track. And it's just an amazing feeling. And it's so satisfying to know that you're liking what you're doing mm-hmm. and that you're creating something and that it's pretty Which cool. something that you kind of like slowly get uh, slightly addicted to. I remember talking with David, like, yeah, bands that I work with, it's sometimes like, oh, my God, like, we're almost finished. But then, then it's like, oh, my God. We're almost finished. Like going back, it's like stepping into another world. The studio, like going back to like your original, like to real life. Yeah, it's, it's really weird. Like, yeah. Well, it's you know you're creating, and you know creating you creates adrenaline. Like you're creating something from scratch. You're you're working things out in your head, and all of a sudden now you know you're hearing it, and you're <laughs> you're, you're 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 keep growing and keep moving the process forward. As far as this album goes, was this the first time you guys really were pushed by someone like David? Was like to, to really get the best out of you where you're at musically right now? Oh, yes, definitely. definitely. Because we used to like push ourselves, but it's so good having like an, uh, I won't say an outsider, but like yeah, someone, someone with a outside. different perspective because on your own, you can just like go in circles and just kind of like never go out of there. Someone to like push you to another yeah, level. Like the first, we had two weeks of pre-pro. Those two weeks. Yeah. Like, it, it sounds weird to say, but it's it was like learning how to play all over again. <laughs> like things with groove and like tightness between ourselves and it's like very basic stuff but like and stuff that makes it like really crucial and there's we learned that there's so much to playing an instrument that just like playing the right notes it has to be like also like the right feeling the right groove we have to like psychologically connect with the song and what yeah, we're doing like emotionally like, yeah it changes a lot and it sounds pretty trippy when you say it out loud but yeah, when you're but doing it it makes total sense <laughs> what was it like trusting the producer i mean you guys come into you know pre-production and you have ideas for songs and you want to hear it or you hear it a certain way in your head and then like you're working with the producer you guys are working together it's a team effort but you really have to trust his ear and his guidance on what he wants and what he wants the song to be was that a different process for you was that something that you had not experienced before what was that like no it was different at the beginning we were kind of like nervous about that and we were sometimes afraid of not saying no but expressing our own ideas as well but Mm -hmm. as time we got over it it, anything we have these songs written so December oh, yeah. 2019. Oh, so. so we had them like pretty well done for a while. And we so had we a were, real like, process and in our a, brain. Yeah, they, we were really married uh-huh. to the idea of these songs. So when we started working with David, it was kind of like separating this version that we had of ourselves and just like trying to make it better. And that's what David really pushed us with. Mm-hmm. And like with his ideas and his vision. And sometimes when we were recording things, he was like, I'm going to make that sound great. Like when everything is together. So yeah. you kind of have to just blindly no trust yeah. him. Yeah. But we're very glad that we did. Mm-hmm. David did an yeah. amazing job throughout the whole process. When was this album recorded? Uh, it September was September 2020. We started recording it, but we finished recording it. December. Yeah, December 5, I think. Yeah. Something like that. At the beginning of December 2020. So we were like three months in the studio. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. Honestly, it was pretty nice. 
to be able to take so much time creating and like really be conscious about everything we're, that we were doing because we didn't have like an impending deadline like, deadline in terms of like oh you have to go here you have to go there like of course we had a deadline but we we weren't busy with shows and promo or whatever and like in which we, we usually are fully dedicate our attention to the recording which was really nice honestly did you guys get a little bit of homesick while you were recording this oh definitely yeah. man i really miss the food i the think that's food like, was like trying to be in my it, bed. I feel like it could have been worse. It could have been and worse. And it wasn't that bad, but the yeah. food. Uh, like trying to make Mexican food without Mexican ingredients was yeah. pretty tough. <laughs> but honestly, I feel like it wasn't that bad yeah. because we all traveled there as a family. Yeah. Like, we're sisters. Our parents always come with us to like every place because they're like a really important part of our team. Our manager, Rudy, who's also like family, came with us for the three months. So it was still like a really like i felt like i was at home every time we stepped into that apartment in new jersey so it was still pretty nice well i i have to say i mean i I, i've had authentic mexican food when i've traveled to mexico and it is fantastic absolutely but (laughs) i mean new jersey's pretty close to new york and different places there had to be some place where you can get mexican ingredients we were still at a very you know unstable part of the pandemic so a lot of things were closed uh well and you know it's also like studio food you kind of like oh yeah, yeah. Like, like quickly we had like pizza. you forget to eat yeah, yeah when, when you're like, recording you don't it's weird because like i love food and i eat a lot and mm-hmm. when i was recording I forgot to eat and I wasn't even hungry. Like, yeah, you forget. I mean, you're so into it yeah. that you forget to eat. No, but we bad, but we made an out. effort. Yeah. We made an effort to like eat, eat every day. <laughs> but yeah, lots of pizza, uh, food as well. tiny food. Yeah, but we we made do with like yeah. what we could. Mexican <laughs> like Mexicanify in our apartment. What a great word. Well, that's that's good to know because I mean. I know, I know, Jer- I mean, I'm Italian and I know Jersey and New York and places like that. They have good Italian oh. food, but th- you know, yeah, good Italian food. So as far as recording this album uh, during, like you mentioned, it was during a pandemic. There was a lot going on in the world. What was that experience for you guys? Knowing that there's a lot of stuff happening, a lot of things happening. You're in a different country. You're away from home. How did that affect your recording process or the recording process or making music or did it have an impact at all? Oh, I don't know if it had like a really big impact because we were all like in this weird little bubble. bubble. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like we were pretty disconnected, but at the same time we were really connected like through content and social media with our fans. So I don't know. It was a weird balance of being aware of everything, but being so like isolated that it, it didn't feel like palpable. If that yeah, makes sense. Definitely. Uh, but before that, you know, like the, when the pandemic hit, of course it just hit us differently. We had a whole tour planned and that got canceled, canceled. very quickly. So we were already prepared with this like full agenda and then absolutely nothing. That was, that was a uh, weird to process. It was just like, but, you know, it's also we're very grateful that, you know, since we're a band of sisters, we could continue working, you know, uh, writing, practicing, rehearsing, like all that we could still do it. So from everything that happened, I feel like we were 
like able to make the best out of everything. Like again, we recorded a whole album. Um, I know. Like, it's insane. Like I, I feel like we're just we were very blessed and we feel very grateful that we got all these opportunities and that we were able to actually do them. It's also great to have music to get you through these things too. You know, uh, to have that creative the ability to create when things are happening across the world in the United States and everywhere to have the ability to kind of just kind of shelter yourself and just worry about music. That has to be pretty special too. Definitely. definitely. We we use music as the safe space. So again, to be reminded, like sometimes I feel like as musicians, as creators, we can sometimes forget this, but to like make something out of thin air and then have it become this like piece of like work art yeah. and then sharing and a piece it of that would eventually become someone's like part of someone's life yeah and be like that safe space and that shelter for someone else it's insane like it's know, like the superpower it's it's crazy yeah creating music writing music you guys are sisters and you know there there is always creative tension between artists you know, whether, you know, the, and I'm sure you guys are no different, but in terms of the dynamic of being family, does that help? Does it hurt? Or how is that process for the three of you? Oh, it has. No. They hurt me every day. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's so nice. <laughs> yeah, it helps. Like, we can communicate. Like, we know each other so well. Yeah. Like, really well. We've lived with each other for, like, our whole lives. So working creatively is always like something that can be a bit iffy because it's all about opinion. Yeah, like there, there's, no there's right usually no right or wrong. It's just what you personally like or not like. So I feel like we have a really good communication system. Like mm-hmm. we are constantly telling each other what we like, what we don't like, how we feel about things so we can work at those things so everyone can find a happy middle ground. And we already know how to communicate with ourselves, which is even better. Even though we have a good communication, we already know what each person can take, what they can, how to like pitch ideas and stuff like that. We are a very mm-hmm. good team. And of course, we have our ups and downs because yeah. writing music can be stressful. Yeah. So of course, we have like our outbursts and sometimes we get angry because you're really married to an idea or something. But we always really work through it at the end. Because, yeah. again, we communicate. And I feel like that's the most important thing to do yeah. when you're writing music. How did you guys decide I mean, on David to produce the album? Oh, oh, you know, it was... Uh, we had a list of producers that we, like, went after their work. We are like, we love how this sounds. We would love to meet those people. So David was the first person that we met. It was and through a Zoom call. Through a Zoom call. And it's crazy how well, like, we... How, the chemistry that we had right away was just very noticeable. Yeah, we were, like, on the same, same page. On the same page. We really... It's going to sound funny, but, like, we vibed. Like, yeah. there, there was definitely something a connection mm-hmm. and uh, everything he said was so on point about what we wanted to do with our third album yeah. that we were like no david definitely is yeah and with music in general the way that he sees uh music and what's important to him to highlight in 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 what we do it was pretty on par with yeah. what we wanted so we're just like yes this is it let's go david when you think about the landscape of rock music currently, and there's a lot of new great bands that are out there and emerging, 
And, you know, for a while it seemed very like it was like rock music was kind of spinning their wheels a little bit. And you really can't say that anymore because there's so much great music being released. There's so many great new emerging bands. For the band The Warning and this new album that's about to be released on October 8th, do you feel that this music that you have put out or are going to be putting out brings you, kind of reintroduces you to that rock crowd that is growing and emerging just as much as the bands are growing and emerging? Definitely. I feel like this this new album definitely showcases a new side to herself. I feel like a part of us that evolved into this is really being like showcased on these new songs. And we constantly see it. Like rock is like, especially like with a younger generation, like I see it so much. People really take an interest in it and in a new way, maybe not the old school way. And I feel like that's what our music has around this time. Like, it, ha- it showcases the old and the new mixed into one. And I feel like that, that is just very exciting to see. I agree. There's so many exciting new bands. You guys are, are definitely you know, helping leading the charge to a resurgence in rock music. As, as far as writing and as far as continuing, what is the next step for you guys? Ooh, the next step. Oh. Releasing this album. Yes, definitely. Well, after the album, after the EP that comes out, oh, what, what is next? Is there a tour? Is there more music coming? Well, you know, we're just releasing half of the album with this EP, so eventually the next half would be out there. But as for touring, we haven't said anything in stone. We definitely want to make our North American tour happen, the one that we couldn't do at the beginning of the pandemic. But for now, we have one show. Date. Yeah. yeah. We're going to be playing at the Rockville Festival in Daytona, Daytona, Daytona Florida. Florida. Yes. Daytona, Florida. Yes. And uh, we're going to be playing the 14th of November. And we're so excited. It's going to be our first show since the pandemic hit. So we're really, really excited. And we're also going to be playing this new music live for the first time. So we're anxiously waiting for that date to arrive. You guys did a version of Enter Sandman. And... Ironically, it was one of the very first things that exposed people to you and your music. What was the decision to do that and and record that several years after you guys did it? What was it the basement of your house, pretty much, um, while you guys yeah. were, were, were playing? So how was that experience kind of reliving that song and also doing a completely different arrangement of the song, which is is really, really different, but really beautiful, too, as well? Thank you. Oh, thanks. Yeah. So coming back to Enter Sandman was so crazy because we did that cover seven years ago. Yeah. And it's a song that we hold really dear in our hearts because it really launched our careers as musicians and as a band. But being invited by Metallica to celebrate their 30th anniversary of the Black Album and being invited to not do a cover. Like they told us, don't do a cover. We want a new version like a reimagined version of what you would do with one of her songs. So we obviously chose Enter Sandman. Yeah. It was like the perfect fit. It was just like coming full circle for us. And not only doing like our version, but doing it alongside Alessia Cara. It was an incredible, incredible experience in which we got to explore so many different new ways to look at music. Yeah, and where we definitely took risks. Because, like, how do you change such an iconic song as, like and your salmon. Yeah. So we definitely 
I took our liberties with it and changed the harmonics. Because we so, had Metallica's yeah. blessing. Yes, we had. Metallica told us, go for it. And we did. <laughs> we changed the whole harmonic structure. We added parts. We added parts. Mm-hmm. We took out parts. We made and parts it was, longer. It was just an incredible process. And we had such a great time doing it with our producer, Matt Squire, who worked with us on this particular this, song. Yeah. It was just an amazing experience. We recorded it here in Mexico. Alessia was recording in Canada. Like, it was... David mixed the song yeah. and he was doing it in like in the US. So it was just like very cool that all these different parts of the world were came together for this, for this one <laughs> song. And we loved how it turned out. We're super proud of our version. Like I constantly listen to it on my yeah, phone. That's really, how much yeah. I like it. So we're very happy that it's out now and that it, that people are liking it. Do you guys listen to your own music a lot? I mean, you know, this music you should be pretty proud of, you know, with the with with the songs that you've been releasing and the EP that's coming out, do you find yourself staying away from it or do you embrace it? Oh no, we well, don't. We don't. Listen to it. It. Don't get us wrong. Like we're <laughs> super proud of it, but like listening to them, it's like uh, a a bomb of information of everything that we that's, live through. Yeah, and there's always what something is. new that you want to change. As yeah. times are by, so it's like, oh, so I it's know. like, you know what? If it's out, it's out. I let it go, and we constantly play it live. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we do hear it, but like, listen to the actual recording, like on my Spotify playlist. No. Nah, not really. <laughs> what was it like when a Metallica approached you to have this version, this reimagined version, on their 40th anniversary? you know, special edition black album celebration. Well, we were definitely shocked. Um, Like I I was left speechless. Like we couldn't believe what was happening. (laughs) Again, we started with the song and now to be like invited to do a a version. And we didn't have a lot of time to be like shocked and like, like really exhilarated. we 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 had to make our version recorded and mix it within a week. Because we like we had that deadline, so it was like, oh my god, that's amazing! Let's get to work now. It was just a very quick process, but we were definitely left speechless for a while. Right, because you mentioned it, it is a pretty iconic song, and you really got to handle it with care, you, you know, because <laughs> you know your fans are going to hear this, and Metallica fans are going to hear this, and it, it's a very. I have to imagine it's probably a pretty strange place to be, knowing that this is the song that pretty much launched you guys. By covering it, having Metallica with who influenced you guys, wanting you to do it, and then you know having to having to put it out—that's got to be exciting, stressful, ner- nerve-wracking. It all balls yeah. into one. Exactly, exactly you, that. You described it perfectly. perfectly, perfectly. And not only that, but it wasn't only our version. Like we also like we did it with Alessia Cara, right? So it was our style, Alessia style. And Metallica, like, rolled into one. It was pretty nerve-wracking to see what our fans were going to think, Metallica fans and Alaska fans. But so far, people are liking it, and that makes me Yay! so happy. As this EP is getting ready to launch and being ready to release, what, what can you tell your fans, you know, what to expect with this EP? Ooh. So I think it's definitely a new era of our music but it sounds so much like us if that makes any sense i don't know uh, how to describe it but yeah they uh, just, uh like always with our music there it varies between different genres. genres within rock but it's just 
powerful music that we poured our hearts into, into every word, melody, every little part. And we're just so excited to be finally sharing it with everybody. When you think back of the music that you recorded and, you know, this stuff was done, what, late 2019 was pre-production and then you went and recorded it. How do you stay connected to a song that was written several months before? Oh, right. Pretty weird because a lot of these songs were written way before 2019. Like there, there's parts of some songs that were written like in 2016. Yeah. So I just feel like when you make it and then you suddenly forget about it and then you come back to it and then you get that feeling like once again of like, oh my God, that is actually pretty good. Yeah. You get filled with this excitement once again. So I just feel like it's that just leaving it alone for a little bit and revisiting it. And if you feel something, there's definitely something there. Was that different than what you guys have done before? I mean, leaving a song, coming back to it, maybe finding something else that you wanted to add into the arrangement or the song itself. Was it's was it different? And did you enjoy that process? Yes, yes it was different. It was definitely different. We hadn't done time. that before. Uh, what we... Well, we have done, though, every album. I don't know if this is, like, a thing, but uh, for David, it was very strange. I remember it's, like, I've never had just, like, the exact number of songs. Like, these are the songs, and that's it, because normally people just, like, write a thousand Mm -hmm. songs, and then, okay, let's pick for the album. And we were just like, no, no, this is is the album. (laughs) But I feel like it was still a very, like, even though it was a different experience, I feel like it was really nice to, like, we worked relentlessly for like two weeks on these songs and then we left them for months and months and months and then coming right. back to them and coming back with a like a fresh mindset and like a different perspective on how to do things like I feel like it just like makes the process different and a yeah. bit like more flexible if that makes any sense but I would definitely do this again it yeah. was yeah. it's almost like you know you're kind of working out a song And I had this conversation a a short while ago with another band about, you know, you work out physically, you know, to get in shape and a song needs to get in shape. And sometimes a song needs to be constantly worked from every aspect and every angle. And then there are other songs that just leave it alone, come back to it and see if it still resonates with you. It sounds like the latter was the approach either by on purpose or by accident. Yeah, definitely by accident. But yes, Exactly what you said. That that perfectly resonates with what we did. As far as you know, knowing what this process was, is this what you want to do in the future? Is this what you're comfortable with doing? Do you feel it makes the warnings songs and music better by doing this this process? Well, I mean, it could be. It yeah. worked really well, it so it could be a thing. But you know. Uh, each experience is different. Just as like when people ask us about our our creative process, it does follow like a line. But sometimes, depending on the song, it just flows differently. So maybe next album, we you never know. It and might surprise like, us. Like what we did in the other albums, we didn't do this process. Yeah. Maybe for next album, we're different people and we grew in different areas and we want to do something different. Like we're really open to anything. Yeah. So let's see what what time has in store. Where life takes us. Yes. Yeah, it's always it's always part of the journey, right? The journey is the most important part than the result. It's getting there. Exactly. Yeah. When you think of your journey in rock and roll, when you think of 
this EP that is coming out October 8th, May Day, October 8th, by the warning, when you think of not just the journey for you guys musically, musicians starting out at a very young age to the journey of recording this album, there are a lot of bands that kind of get locked into what works, right? What works, let's not change it. It's not broke. Let's not try to fix it. What, I mean, you guys have touched on it a little bit, but what is your approach? I mean, you, again, we've talked about the evolution of what you guys are as artists and musicians and songwriters. It has to be exciting for you guys that the future is extremely bright with the directions that you are going to go and maybe don't know you're going to go yet. Yeah, right. definitely. I mean, more than anything, I feel like when we write music, it's really like for ourselves and for like what we like the limits that we can push within ourselves. So it's it's really like we don't want to make it boring for ourselves. And it everything that we've ever done, it was to follow our dream of like making music, sharing it, and being true to what we felt was like the right way. Exactly, and uh, we've gotten. Like, of course, it has been tough to, like, go through this path that we've chosen, but we've gotten so much support and, like, we've grown really confident in our ability to look at things, like, objectively and, but always trying something new, if that makes sense. So hopefully we don't fall into that and we always want to try out and grow because I feel like that's the whole point of being a musician, like, growing. There's always something new to learn and I really hope that we never really lose that spark. Well, that is a perfect place to end. I want to just say thank you very much for Daniela, Paulina, and Alejandra for visiting with the Hook Rocks. Oh, no, thank, oh, you. thank you so much. Hi. Yeah, great time. Yeah, thank you so much for having us here, and we send you a very big hug from Mexico. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you doing this. Everyone, that is The Warning. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we will talk again soon. Thanks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.